Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. A follower of Jesus is to be different from the religious and the irreligious. Now, different doesn't mean better. It's different. It's different. It's different. We're not better. We're not better than anybody. Now, the reason we're to be different is because we're followers of Jesus. Not in a religious sense, but in a relationship sense. It's true. It happens in our lives. Have you ever looked at an apple tree expecting to see grapes? Of course not. The fruit has to match the essence of the tree. Jesus says that in the same way, what we display is the outgrowth of what is in our heart. Pastor Mark will be teaching what Jesus said a Christ follower should look like. They have to be different from both the religious and the irreligious. We will be reminded of our need to have our hearts remade in the image of Jesus. And we will be shown in passages from both the Old Testament and the New how our natural heart is inherently wicked and must be replaced by God through the Holy Spirit. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, A Checkup of Our Heart. Well, you saw a headline this week. Look at this headline. How many saw it? Bottled water filled with E. coli. When you saw that headline, what did you discover? Well, the bottle wasn't the problem. The bottling plant wasn't the problem. Where was the problem? It was the source. It was the spring that was infected with E. coli. By the way, in case you don't know it, most bottled water is tap water that's been treated. El stupidos. Okay? So you say, Pastor Mark, the source was bad, so the water was bad. That's exactly What Jesus is going to teach us. So here we go. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. No good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. You see, whether fruit is good or bad depends on the nature of the inside of the tree. The root structure of the tree. Healthy fruit comes from a good tree because it's healthy inside. Bad fruit comes from a bad tree because it's unhealthy inside. Verse 44. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. See, nobody goes into a vineyard 
or an orchard, and you judge the fruit. Wow, nice leaves. Look at the bark. Isn't that fantastic? No, you judge the fruit, healthiness, by the fruit itself. You see, we judge the health of a fruit tree by the fruit it bears. So a tree is identified by its fruit. Here is an application. Jesus loved to use kind of visual things. You can picture it. And these people in these days, of course, understood fruit and grapes and whatever like crazy. Go to Israel. It's just loaded with that. So here's the first two things I want you to write. Here's what Jesus is going to do. He's going to take a practical thing and make it spiritual. Here we go. Spiritually, people are like fruit trees. You and I are a a fruit tree. And the spiritual fruit that is supposed to be growing in our life, here's what Jesus is going to talk about all day. Our words, our actions, and our character. Our words, our actions, and our character. And you can already have an idea, where's this going to go? It's going to go inside. It's going to go inside of us. Now, remember the Sermon on the Mount was given in Matthew 5 through 7. This is a sermon on the plain. It's a shorter version, more to Gentiles than Matthew's was to Jewish people. So it's shorter. But the principles were the same. Throughout the whole contrast of the Sermon on the Mount, it was the difference between religious people going through the motions, specifically the Pharisees in those days, a lot of religious people we have today, and irreligious people. And the key word to the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain is one word, different. So write this down. Remember, we've talked about this the whole time. A follower of Jesus is to be different from the religious and the irreligious. Now, different doesn't mean better. It's different. It's different. You in the balcony, it's different. We're not better. We're not better than anybody. Now, the reason we're to be different Because we're followers of Jesus, not in a religious sense, but in a relationship sense. It's true. It happens in our lives. Now, when you begin to see that, Jesus then, well, he loads it to us on verse 45. Look at it. A good man, Christ follower, brings good things out of the good stored up in his, say it with me, his heart. And an evil or religious or irreligious man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Now, here's the key. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So the spiritual fruit that we just talked about, our words, actions, character, they're directly connected, you saw the word twice, to our heart. So Here's the summary. When I teach younger pastors and myself and the other guys, we kind of, before we teach, we always write these things. What does God want us to know, do, and feel? So here's kind of the summary of that. So write it down. What we say, do, and are, it flows from our heart. As the spring gives the water for the bottling company, it flows from the spring, the wellspring of our heart. Now, that's kind of like doing a physical heart with a CT scan. Jesus says our words and action and character are like a snapshot of our inner being, our heart. Now, 
a lot of you are saying, well, Pastor Mark, that sounds good. I understand it. But what in the world? What, what heart are you talking about? No, not that hard. So we'll be back here, but we won't be back here for the next 40 minutes. So don't even keep your finger in Luke. We'll just come back. Turn to the Old Testament, middle of the Old Testament, all of the Bibles, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Solomon wrote this, David's son, great principles. Trouble is, they were, they're very wise, but Solomon didn't find, follow most of them. So we're going to learn from it today. Watch what he does. And Solomon, he knew this principle. By the way, Jesus knows this principle. He knows Psalms. He knows Proverbs. And that's what he just told us. The principle that came from the Old Testament. Now, here it is, verse 23. Watch this. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The New Living Translation says, for it determines the course of your life. So here's what the definition spiritually of a heart is. So write it down. If you get this, then you understand what Jesus is teaching. Our heart is our whole being, spiritually talking about, not physical, spiritual. The center of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now, physically, and this is true, most people think that really our brain is the center and the director of our lives. That's true physically, But that's not true spiritually. The Bible says that our heart, our inner life, is our control center. So the second thing you don't want to write is right there. There is this thing called the control center that controls us, guides every step of our life. Our heart is our control center where all the decisions of life are made. So the key you can already see is, who is at the controls of this control center? Who is at the controls in your heart? Who's the one in charge of directing your heart and my heart? Now, it looks like this. We come from a place where control center was a common thing in the space time when people were here. That control center is your heart. Now, really, it isn't God. It isn't Jesus. Who is in control? It's the Holy Spirit. So ask yourself this morning, in your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, who is in charge of directing your life? Well, it only works if God is in that seat. He doesn't share it. He needs to be there. That's what we'll come to. That's what Jesus is talking about the whole time. Now, Solomon gives us two huge principles. Let's write them down. You'll see them right there. Number one, he says, above all else, in other words, a priority, above all else, in other words, focus on your heart. Don't bypass it. It's not a side issue. It's a huge issue. So focus on your heart. It's the priority since everything in life flows From my heart. Remember the New Living Translation, what it said? For it determines the course of your life. So society is the opposite of that. Society focuses on the outward appearance. Through advertising, we're told to emphasize dress and makeup and styles. 
physical bodies, spas, exercise, all of those things are good. It's good that we focus on the outside. I'm glad you took a shower this morning. <laughs> just turn to your neighbor and say, thanks for taking a shower this morning. Go ahead and just tell, Thank, thanks for taking a shower this morning. Now, those of you that have four or five seats next to you empty, okay, okay, it's time to repent, get baptized. Now, see, all of those things are great. No problem at all. But God says, I'm not looking on the outside. I'm interested on the inside. One time, well, they were trying to find the next king after Saul. And they went, and all these brothers, and as they went there, the prophet went, it's got to be this one, got to be this God said no to all of them. And they found this little guy named David. David became the next king. Why? Because God didn't look on the outside. He looked on what? The heart. See, God looks at things different. We're to focus on the heart, the inside of man, the real you and me. So just turn to your neighbor this morning and say this. I need to focus on my heart. Go ahead and just tell them, I need to focus. Come on, come on. I need to focus on my heart. See, if you don't focus on your heart, then your life is going to be all over the place. But there's more than just focusing on my heart. There's another key warning. Look at it. Number two, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard means to watch over, to protect, to oversee, kind of like a watchman. So notice, I have to guard my heart. I can't guard yours. Some of you are waiting for the marriage thing next week. Because you go, I can't wait till my spouse hears this. Great. (laughs) Forget that. I have to guard my heart. Nobody else can guard my heart. Now, when you see the word guard, spiritually, it should already say something to you. It means that we're in a spiritual battle. Because somebody else wants to control our life. Somebody wants God off the throne of our life. So I have to guard it. And we're going to show you how to do that this morning. We need to guard our hearts how often? Basically daily. In times of adversity, for sure, like we're at right now, we don't run out of here and hate people just because things didn't go well. We have to guard our heart. And we have to guard our heart in temptation. Now, I'm going to read for you the next verses. We're going to read it together. But I want look at me. I want you to focus on this. We're going to see these words like sight and conduct in actually our words. And Solomon's going to talk about things that actually come and are in control. And here's the things we have to guard. Our words, our sight, and our conduct. We have to be careful where they go. Let's begin. Look at verse 23. You already read it, but let's read it again in context. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Verse 24. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. So what he's saying? I have to guard my mouth. Why? Why do I have to guard my mouth? Because negative, critical, gossip stuff can come from my mouth. Now, where does that really come from? It comes from the heart. How many here this morning 
have ever, maybe even in the last year, you've opened up and said something, and the minute you said it, you wish you could take those words and oh, stuff them right back in. How many can say, yeah, exactly right. And say, here we say this. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. It just came out of me. It wasn't what I was thinking at all. Wrong. <laughs> the reason you said it is because it came where? From you. Oh, it's just a thought that passed by, and so I just said it. No, it comes from inside of us. This is what I'm concerned about. The pretty soon Christians divide themselves and they become weird over here. And we're going to stand over here as the pure, self-righteous people that really, we don't have anything to do with these other people. Well, wait a minute. We were one of those other people. So be careful. We have to have words that are encouraging and building up instead of critical, negative, especially gossip. Verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. What's that? Avoid temptation. In the summer at the beach, guys, wise thing. Let your lies just go straight ahead. <laughs> Ladies, quit laughing. You're the problem. Just let the lies go straight, straight, straight ahead. Straight ahead. Amen? I got one amen. Okay. <laughs> Verse 26. So verse 25 is just careful with temptation because Satan loves. Number one thing Satan does is tempt us. Verse 26. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. It means lifestyle, where you're going, where you're walking. And be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So it means avoid getting sidetracked on the wrong path, so easily to get off. So we have, to, we have to focus on our hearts, and we have to guard them from our words, our sight, our conduct, temptation, adversity, all of these things in life. Now, it's a dangerous thing not to guard our hearts. And Jesus will now tell us what an unhealthy heart looks like. We have a song that we sing around here a lot. Change me on the outside, change me on the outside, change me on the outside. Is that right? How does it go? Change me what? Oh, it's inside. Really? Exactly. You see, a lot of people you'll see in a moment think it's about the outside. No, if the inside's right, the outside's right. Do you got it? Okay. Now, watch in this passage, Jesus uses these words, within, inside, and thoughts. Take a look. Mark chapter 7. And then he added, Jesus, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, let's read it together, out of a person's heart comes Evil, notice the first thing, thoughts. So you're going to see in a moment that our thoughts are connected to our heart. Out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things, all these sinful things come from within. They are what? defile you. So automatically you understand this next statement. Write it down. Guarding my heart means to guard 
my thought life. You see, Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, the Bible reminds us what we think we become. That's why we have to be in the word of God. I can't think like the world. I can't think with my own mind. I have to think with the word. I can have the mind of God. So out of a person's heart come evil thoughts. So notice our minds and our hearts are connected. Now, most people don't really get that. When you see people who do some of these things and they're vile and all kinds of things, here's what these people will say. Well, Pastor Mark, they were raised in a bad environment in a home, and that's why they are like that. Or they were raised in a dysfunctional home, and they just had a, there was no dad in the home or no mom or whatever. And that's kind of why their heart is like that. That's why they do these things. By the way, any of you here raised in a dysfunctional home? Anybody? Let me see a few of your hands. What the rest of you? Perfect homes, right? Now, how many were raised really in a dysfunctional home? Everybody raised your hand. You say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor Mark? Were your parents perfect? Are you perfect? My case is closed. We're, some worse than others, for sure. But we are all... Re- Hello. It doesn't come from our... Env- our problem with my heart is not my environment. Adam and Eve were in what kind of an environment? Perfect. What did they do? Mm. They sinned. It wasn't the environment. It was their heart. Their thought life. Wow, we can be like God. So where does this really come from? How come my heart's like that? Well, God defines it for us in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17, 9. Look at this. The heart is deceitful above all things. Here's the big deal. Beyond cure. Who can understand it. See, every person is born with a sin nature. Our hearts are spiritually unhealthy, sinful, and evil from birth. But the Bible says, it warns us, apart from God, our hearts, our control center is sinful, flawed, and there's no cure. Apart from God, I cannot cure my evil heart. Impossible for me to do it. That means I can't make godly decisions because my heart directs my path. I can't live for God. I can't do life right. Now, the Bible gives us pictures of heart. Some are horrible. We just kind of read a lot of those things for you. But for us as Christians, when God changed you, we still have this old tendency. We still kind of want to sit in that seat. You know what I mean. It's our old sin nature. We're changed. Our spirit's been changed. Now, here's something you need to understand. I'm going to go through some things that can happen, and as a Christian, you can have these, even though non-Christians have them as well. Here's what a sinful heart looks like. Look at the first thing here. Anxious heart. Maybe you have an anxious heart this morning. We already told you, relax. God's on the throne. Anxious heart, it lacks peace. Some of you here this morning have a prideful heart. We all struggle with that. Today, we were reminded that in the same way that grapes don't grow from apple trees, we can't expect to see godly thoughts and behavior spring from our natural heart or way of thinking. Pastor Mark told us of our need to have God give us a heart transplant, and that without this life-saving operation, it's impossible to live a life pleasing to God. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. In the next message, Pastor Mark will continue to teach through Luke 6, following the life of Jesus. He will be talking about our need to pay close attention to what goes into our hearts, as well as what flows from them. We'll be looking at the connection to our heart and our mind, how corrupt they both are apart from Christ's renewing power, and the possibilities available from the renewing of both through the Holy Spirit. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving